Welcome to Sacred Heart's new podcast series, The Heart of Sheridan Road. This is episode one with your host, Nat Wilburn, Head of Schools. Today, we will dive into the world of instructional coaching for faculty, which takes place here at Sacred Heart thanks to our successful Masterpiece campaign. I'm Nat Wilburn, Head of Schools at Sacred Heart Schools in Chicago, here on Sheridan Road. I'm joined today by Margie Murphy, Sacred Heart Schools Director of Curriculum Instruction, and Dr. Elizabeth Coleman and Natalie Warden, Instructional Coaches. Today, we're going to be discussing instructional coaching at Sacred Heart and how it's benefiting, first and foremost, all of our students, as well as our faculty and our learning environment. So let's start with a very basic question. What's instructional coaching? Maybe a good way to look at that is saying, well, what is it not? At its basic definition, coaching is about helping teachers grow in their craft and in turn, helping students learn. It could be in any area that's related to teaching and learning. Perhaps it's curriculum, perhaps it's around assessments of students and getting a handle on what the students know and can do. It might be around teaching strategies or it could even be about classroom management. However, at Sacred Heart, we also like to take coaching even deeper and look at it in terms of how it can transform teachers, how it can transform students and their learning, and also how it can transform a school. And we'll talk about that more today in our conversation. It's really, it's about building the capacity of others, harnessing the talents of individuals, creating conditions for adults to develop their talents. We really look at coaching as a multifaceted, holistic approach that considers how the institution and how the faculty and how the students all work together to create an excellent education and an environment for excellence in teaching and learning. Yeah, I could jump in and just say some of the things that it's not to address that part of your question, that it's not enforcing some kind of program. It's not evaluative. It's not connected to how a teacher is evaluated or rated. And it's definitely not used as a tool to assign people to be fixed. That's, I think, a very damaging model. And we work very hard to make sure that that's not what it is. Yeah, we really value what teachers are bringing to the table because even if they're coming with a very specific challenge or something they're struggling with in their teaching, they have amazing skills and amazing passion. They have experience that they can draw upon. And so what Natalie and I try and do is really just almost kind of facilitate and draw out some of those strengths and help teachers leverage those strengths and use them to improve in other areas where they want to see growth or to help with a challenge that they've never experienced with their students in their teaching or assessment before. So yeah, we take a really positive approach and I think our teachers see coaching as something that's positive. It's not, you know, anything that's punitive or negative. It's like, hey, here's a chance to have someone to collaborate with and to grow with. I like the phrase assets-based coaching Mm -hmm. because you want to start with what someone is already doing well and Mm -hmm. use that to leverage improvement. Do you remember that guide that we had seen at that one workshop? Like it can also be a mirror Mm -hmm. helping reflect back to someone, help them see things about themselves that maybe they didn't realize that the strengths as well as challenges. What were my favorite was the yeast, like Mm -hmm. letting. So it's kind of like cultivating growth and having to be patient because a lot of times with coaching, you're not going to see a change automatically. 
again, I think that's the opposite of trying to fix people where you're like, Mm -hmm. here, I'll just show you how to do something or tell you how to do it, do it this way. That's not really the approach that we use. And because it's more facilitative and trying to figure out from teachers where they want to go and helping them through that learning process, kind of like students take a long time to learn and grow, this is an extended process for teachers too. But that's actually what's really great about coaching. And it's one of the things that the research shows that for teachers to actually make changes in their teaching practice, they need to have sustained professional learning. That is a benefit that we have at Sacred Heart. We do have traditional professional development models where teachers can go to a one or two day workshop and get really helpful information. But a lot of times teachers don't have the tools or the time or the space then to take that and implement that right away. And that's what Natalie and I are here for, is to really help teachers kind of process some of their learning from that and really think about How can we integrate new practices in curriculum development and instruction and assessment over a long period of time? And so some teachers we've worked with over the course of a couple of years, and it's amazing to see the growth that you can see in those areas because we have that sustained contact with them and they can really go deep with their learning instead of just on a surface level. It seems like a very important operative word that you're using is about professional growth. And certainly Sacred Heart Schools has always had a deep commitment to professional development. I tend to think of professional development as leaving and and going to a conference. It sounds like coaching is much more individualized to growth. I'm also struck that coaching happens real time. So you're dealing with what's happening with that teacher and those students. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how coaching is different than maybe what we would think of as traditional professional development. One of the things is that I think it's striving to take into consideration all the the best principles of adult learning. A lot of outside professional development that you might go to, like at a conference or a workshop, they're trying to cram a lot of content into a very limited amount of time. And that's not how we learn. That's not how anybody learns. And so adult learning takes into consideration having a relationship of trust with the person you're working with. And so you feel safe talking about challenges. It brings in the history and the experience you come in with, because whenever you're trying to make a change, it always still has to be connected to what you already know and what you already do. And so coaching can acknowledge that in a way that an outside workshop can't. And it's very problem-centered and relevant to what you're really doing in your classroom right at that moment. That's like the real-time element that you mentioned. I like that. It's like real-time learning in Mm -hmm. the moment. I need this. I need these skills right now. I need to develop this. I need to solve this problem Mm -hmm. in order to do my day-to-day job. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like we do have a huge advantage over other forms of professional Mm -hmm. development. And then I'll also say we've used that and those principles of what research shows is kind of conducive to adult learning And we've built that into our model here at Sacred Heart, where we do not have a very prescriptive program um, or a way that a teacher has to move through or activities they have to do as part of coaching. In our first meeting with teachers, we always sit down and we develop a coaching work plan. And so we talk to them about, what are your goals? What do you want to be able to accomplish? What are your strengths? What are you struggling with? And we talk to them and give them different options for activities that we can engage in collaboratively to help them grow. And so a lot of times and a lot of coaching happens in conversation. So a lot of times it's sitting down and just talking with teachers and giving them that time and that space to reflect on what's going on in their classroom and to kind of process all the things because it's a very busy school day. Mm -hmm. Lots is happening in a short amount of time. And so even just for them being able to kind of reflect on their teaching and what they want to be able to accomplish is, is a really important piece. 
And then we develop a plan that works for them. If it helps them to have us come in and observe their teaching and give them some feedback on something that's going on in their classroom, we do that. If they want to kind of co-plan and co-teach a lesson together or have us kind of demonstrate different ways of approaching things in the classroom, we can do that. And then we always kind of debrief and reflect and discuss about that. Or if they want to do most of the work kind of outside of the classroom, but really sitting down and planning and writing curriculum and writing lessons, we can do that too. So we really try and adapt to what the teachers need and what their kind of learning styles are. Because we have such a long tradition of education, now over 200 years, 140 some here in the city of Chicago, that coaching here at Sacred Heart is going to look and feel different than if we, for example, went into a public school system. We're motivated, we're animated by our goals and criteria. So could you talk a little bit about what makes coaching at Sacred Heart Schools different? Well, I would say the model that I just described and us talking about tailoring it to individual teachers is very unique. Mm -hmm. If you look in a lot of charter school contexts, which I think is mostly where you see coaching now, Mm It's often a very prescriptive model of like the first meeting with the teacher, you have to sit down and fill out this report. The second meeting, you have to observe. The third meeting, you have to. And I don't think it's as conducive to the unique context of Sacred Heart and or the trust building that Natalie mentioned earlier in terms of you need to really get to know a teacher as a person and as a professional, I think, in order to do some of the really deep work. I think that connects well with the goals and criteria. When we think about valuing individual members of the Sacred Heart community. We usually start by focusing on the students, but then we think about the other members, like the teachers. We value the individual connection with them and what they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And learning is supposed to be personal. It's not impersonal. It's not one size fits all. We take that model that we really look at in tailoring instruction to individual students here, and we think about doing that for teachers as well. And one of the things about the goals and criteria that always jumps out at me is that real transformative thread underneath it all that this is not just learning content but you're really creating a student who is engaged with the world and knows how to make choices in the world and I connect that to coaching in that idea of transformation that you're transforming not just the things you do but the way you think and the way you look at the world and I think when coaching is first of all teacher choice centered and not assigned Mm-hmm. And when it's tailored to an individual teacher's needs versus the change that someone else is trying to force on them, real transformation happens. When you were talking about making work plans and the individualization of that, I was also thinking about how even a work plan can change in yeah. real time. Mm-hmm. You know, a teacher might come in to coaching thinking they want to work on X. And as we get further into that topic, realize, you know, there's a deeper issue here that I'd want to examine more deeply. So for example, um, working with a teacher who wanted to incorporate more explicit nonfiction text teaching strategies, that's something we started working on. And then in conversation that shifted to realizing, well, I'm actually doing a fair amount of these, but there's this one, like I want students to be able to actually do deeper discussion about the nonfiction text they're reading. So it shifted in real time with that realization. That makes a lot of sense. I know our fifth goal talks about a commitment to personal growth. And as an educator, we know that students inform our teaching, both in the moment, how we change our teaching, but I think as we grow as educators. So that's a very important part. It it strikes me too that coaching 
and the example of a teacher learning, being on the receiving end of coaching, is great modeling for that commitment to lifelong professional growth. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So talk about very practical. What does it look like? If I were to say, describe an example of coaching, what, what does it look like in practice? A lot of listening. It starts with, it starts with just <laughs> <Yes>. listening, getting <laughs> to just getting to know the teacher, listening really hard during that first meeting to what the teacher's expressing about what they've thought about their teaching and what they've reflected on and what's made them decide to seek out coaching. So it just starts with a lot of listening and continues with a lot of yes. listening and asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that we work on in our practice as coaches all the time. We we work on our listening and kind of reflecting on how well we do that, as well as questioning. What are the right questions that will help kind of facilitate realizations within teachers or help uncover some of the things that they're thinking about that they want to work on and kind of getting to, like Natalie's example of going deeper and thinking about what's at the heart of what I really want to change in terms of my teaching. I think that's what's so interesting is that a lot of the reading that we've done and conferences we've gone to on coaching talks about that so much of coaching happens in conversation and that personal interaction. Probably a lot of the times what it would look like if you were walking through the school is us sitting in a room with a teacher talking. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes it's really just sort of a reflection on how things are going and what to do, but there's always some kind of action element in terms of you might see us planning lessons or a curriculum with teachers. So we know we've come to this realization that I really want some stronger science instruction, like some of our first grade TAs were working on that. And so then talking about, well, what would that actually look like? Mm -hmm. What kinds of things do we want the kids to be doing that would involve really active, meaningful science instruction? And so being able to plan that out and then just have them execute and have a chance to come back and reflect and talk about how it went and then just kind of keep moving forward. So there's a lot of talking, but there's a lot of action involved in that and planning for action, taking action, reflecting on action, which is key to adult learning as well. Yes. What is it from this conversation that is going to change practice in the next couple weeks? And then when we come Mm -hmm. back, how did that go? What went well? What didn't go well? Why do you think that happens? And another key piece, often teachers will want some additional feedback, especially if they're implementing something new or trying a lesson, getting some observation feedback that's non-evaluative, that's just, can you look for this specific thing that I want to try and focus on in my lesson and give me some feedback on how I did and then, okay, what do you want to do with that information now? Mm-hmm. So there's always action plans coming out of each meeting too. I think if I were the teacher there, I would feel very valued as a learner, right? That I mean, you, you mentioned early on about building trust with the teachers and it sounds like this kind of active listening and helping them pursue areas of growth or build that kind of relationship. That strikes me, again, going back to the prior question of something that's essential to the mission of Sacred Heart Education. Um, St. Madeline Sophie taught us to focus on the value of each and every individual, each and every student as a learner. So in this case, the learner is the adult community. That's great. It sounds as though then that coaching will vary from teacher to teacher, that it's not, there's not a standard format. And Dr. Coleman, you were saying rather than being more prescriptive, it sounds like that this growth is elicited from their experience. Yes, definitely. The feedback that we've gotten from the teachers that we've worked in depth with is very positive. And the things that they've said is that having it kind of personalized for them, having a collaborator, someone that will sometimes just sit and listen, right? Right. And provide them support. It's just another, I mean, we support each other in the community, but having someone whose full-time job is to come and sit down with you and just support you feels really 
good for them. Also, the feedback that we've gotten from teachers is that having this sort of support, this collaborator that will listen and help you solve problems and take action that's very personalized to you and knowing you, has allowed teachers to take more risks. That they'll try something new that maybe they wouldn't have before because you want it to be successful and you have a room full of children who are sitting there like kind of waiting for your direction. I've also talked with teachers that said that they've been more persistent in trying new instructional approaches and really seeing it through. And that's the sustained element that if something doesn't work, like Natalie talked about, you get some feedback on it. Like, okay, I tried this new reading group structure and it did not work. It did not feel successful. Rather than just abandoning that and saying, okay, well now we're not going to try anything new and innovative. You have the coach to talk to and say, well, let's dig a little bit deeper. What, what was the actual problem with the group? How could we troubleshoot that? And it allows them to be persistent and try something again and then be successful in some of those new instructional approaches. Which are all qualities we want our students yeah. to do, right? Yeah. Um, so the teachers are modeling great learning for their students, exactly. for sure. That's <laughs> and great. Some of the reflection that I've heard from teachers as well is taking the time to break down and reflect what happened in a lesson is something you might know you need to do, but having the coach there to walk you through it makes sure helps ensure that you really do it Mm -hmm. so having that time to reflect and break down what you're doing excellent margie you can help us a little bit about how do you see instructional coaching affecting kind of life in the school how has it impacted our school culture i think that again you know really sort of focusing on that culture of learning and expanding that from the students it's not just the students who are learning but it's us as educators and as adults who are learning too we have myriad examples of teachers who have really run with coaching and who have made big differences within their classroom but i think also looking at how coaching has prompted many of our educators to share that wealth as it were you know there's this story about you give somebody a fish and and they eat for a day you teach them to fish they eat for a lifetime but it's about going beyond that so that our faculty are teaching others um, as part of this process and I think that that is a really good example of culturally how it's not just one person who's doing the teaching the coaching or two rather but it's all of us we formed some other really great groups that have also been part of this capacity building. Um, We have several professional learning communities where faculty members get together either around a common interest or even a shared experience in terms of their grade level. And they've been doing some work with that with our coaching. We've had groups of faculty working K through eighth grade on curriculum redesign, both in terms of our writing program and also our science program which again, that that just willingness to keep learning and to keep working and improving and transforming the educational experiences that our students have. That's, it sounds so positive. I think when I first began teaching, the catalyst for growth was often your annual evaluation and it focused on what you weren't doing very well (laughs) and what you needed to improve. But this sounds much more like a an organic model, as you said earlier, of building on strengths and helping the faculty and staff to grow, which obviously has a direct impact upon the learning that that the students have. And I would think uh, as you vary the coaching, it also models that for the students, there are different kinds of learners among them and that they have to, uh, to be sensitive to that. Well, we are a pretty big school, so somewhere around 80 faculty, and there are two full-time coaches currently and the director of the department. 
So it's not possible, it sounds like, to have that kind of deep, trusting, uh, ongoing relationship with every single teacher in the building. How do you address that? Well, as Margie already brought up, the PLCs, the professional learning communities, are one piece of that. Gathering a group together and in that capacity is the more they meet together, the more they kind of begin coaching each other. So that's one piece of it. Yeah, and what we've really been trying to do is take some of the real skills and mindsets of coaching, a lot of the things that we've talked about here today. So things like listening, questioning, trying to facilitate another person's growth rather than direct them or tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work on like open communication with teachers, and we use that to try and help increase the collaboration amongst other faculty. And so we have several teachers that we've been working with for a couple of years where we've been really talking about those mindsets and how you help people grow and how you help adults learn. Mm -hmm. And so they've been using that sort of in their own venues with their grade teams or other teachers that they collaborate with. And so even though there are teachers in our school that do not have the official title of instructional coach like Natalie and I do, we tell them, we're like, you're kind of like a coach. You're doing all of the things that we're doing. You're having these deep conversations about teaching and learning with your colleagues. You're trying to push each other's thinking if you think differently about an issue. Um, you're trying to make a space to reflect on what you're doing and to look at student work and data and use that to kind of inform your teaching. I feel like that's one of the biggest ways that we've yeah. tried to have an impact outside of just our individual coaching sessions with people is kind of spread this model of this is what effective learning looks like in schools for teachers. And this is a way that we can grow in our practice together as a community. That is terrific. You know, it's a gift in this community that our benefactors have provided resources to make instructional coaching available to our faculty and therefore to our students. It's, uh, it is a commitment of resource. I can tell you over the five years that I've seen instructional coaching in place, it really changes the dynamic of learning of the building, really, which has been a great benefit. Anything in conclusion? from any of you. You know, I just want to say that I'm so impressed, and I think it's okay to say that, with the coaches that we have here and the work that we've been doing as a team. And this is something that you don't see in schools, especially in independent schools, that are bringing this professional development in-house is a real trailblazing way to look at professional development. And I'm very grateful to the expertise and the knowledge and the, the capacity of our coaches. Thanks, Margie. <laughs> uh, I echo that. It's just, it's been wonderful to see you uh, at the, the science and art of instructional coaching here uh, at Sacred Heart. And I think you have helped us become and are helping us to become an even more outstanding learning community. So thank you for that. Thank you to Margie Murphy, Dr. Elizabeth Coleman, and Natalie Warden for joining us today. For more information on Sacred Heart Schools, please visit us on the web at www.shschicago.org. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to keep an ear out for our next podcast, which will be released in February.